Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 304 of Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the groggy, itchy, Spring Fevery, Creatrix, Behind Kick-Ass Switch, Putting the K in Magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode, back on Blog Talk Radio, where you will also find a link to a little surprise I have for you. I have a super fun giveaway, a really, really sweet giveaway that I'm going to, I'll tell you about it later. I'll tell you about it later, but there's a link to the thing if you want to cheat and you want to look right now. <laughs> uh, this is Saturn's Day evening post number 12, number 12, yay! And uh, this giveaway is really cool, by the way, and I think it's just going to bring a little bit of sunshine to your life. For those of you who are like, where is spring? Uh, For those of us in the northern hemisphere, I can tell you spring has sprung already here in Los Angeles. But I see a lot of you online like, when is it going to happen? What what is happening? (laughs) There's like snowstorms still (laughs) happening here, there, and everywhere. Uh, So maybe we can, maybe we can bring a little something fun to brighten up your day. I don't know. We'll see. The speaking of brighten up your day, the sun is literally blaring in my eyeballs right now. And the reason I said groggy, itchy, spring fevery <laughs> creatrix at the top of this show is because, well, there you can hear my voice is going, <clears throat> I get hay fever every spring. It's really awesome, especially when you do a podcast <laughs> to be itchy and stuffed up. I get bad spring fever. Like I just want to blow everything off and Actually, just every responsibility, but I love, I, I want to write. I feel inspired. I'm writing. I'm working on some book projects, and I want to do it all outside, like sitting outside in the backyard. So that's the spring fever. And then the groggy part is I love to take naps when I can, especially on the weekend. And I just woke up from a nap, and it was so discombobulating because I'm still not used to the time change. And, uh, which is so rude. Daylight savings time is not natural and it's totally rude and it has thrown me off, taken me a long time to catch up. I'm not quite caught up. So this nap felt like heaven until I I set my alarm so I wouldn't be super late. I'm, I'm going to be late in posting this, but, uh, it won't be super late. Let's put it that way. <laughs> it won't be super, super late. It'll be a little bit late, a little bit late. And there's no set time for the Saturn's Day evening post. Just to let you know, for those of you who have never heard a Saturn's Day evening post, you might not want to start here with the podcast because this is just like a rambly little phone conversation between me and my friends here who listen to the podcast. I talk about everything on the Saturn's Day evening post. Anything goes. This is not about teaching anything or any kind of structured anything. It's just a chit-chat. So the alarm went off, and it was very confusing because I was bathed in sunlight. And at that time, before the daylight savings 
shenanigans screwed everything up, it would have been very, like, almost dark then. So now the sun is literally in my eyeballs while I'm talking to you, and I'm like, who am I? What's my name? What year is it? I don't know. (laughs) My brain feels slow. Sometimes I never recover fully from a nap. I just stay kind of in the groggy state until I end up going to bed. So that's not good for doing a podcast. So I need to, like, slap, slap, slap. Slap, 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 (laughs) slap myself around a little bit and wake up, wake up. And uh, speaking to of sunshine, spring equinox is only a few days away. Yay. Yay. That is, that is one, my son and I really get into the solstices and the equinoxes and the, the equinoxes are very cool because he knows them as half day and half night. It, It means equal, right? Equinox. So we always do something fun. But for those of you who are following the psycho-spiritual wheel of the year or those of you who hear me talk about it and you're like, hey, I want to do that. I am offering $20 off of that when you put Ostara Love with no spaces, just Ostara Love, lowercase letters in at checkout. And there will be a link to that too with to go with this episode. So whatever, blog talk, on my blog, wherever this little... Wherever you're listening to this, there should be a link. Uh, And when I created, gosh, I should know the name of this book if I'm going to reference it. And that happens, especially when I'm groggy sometimes, live. I decide to mention a book and then I don't remember the name of it. There is a book by Jim Rohn, of all people. I don't know if you guys know who Jim Rohn is. I'm a big old nerd for a motivational speaker, like an old man in a suit. (laughs) I don't know why. I tend to listen to those guys. And Jim Rohn was actually Tony Robbins' mentor. And if you listen to Tony Robbins, and then you can hear a lot of Jim Rohn is no longer on the planet, but you can hear a lot of his work still, like his lectures and presentations online. He was in some kind of MSM kind of like pyramid scheme kind of thing. So some of them are related to that, which I'm not into at all. But he just had a knack for, he was just a great motivational speaker and had a lot of insight about life. And he was funny. He's just a really funny guy. And so he has a book about the seasons. It's like a tiny, skinny little book. And here I am (laughs) creating the psycho-spiritual wheel of the year, however many years ago that was. And I'm a big believer in always giving credit where credit is due. So I wanted to like legit give the references that shaped that material so other people could check out like, oh, that's where she got this idea or this idea or this idea. So there's book recommendations depending on the module you get. And uh, one of them is this Seasons, ah, something about the Seasons by Jim Rohn. And it's really, uh, it's interesting because I think he's a Christian But he talks about like the, maybe it's called the seasons of life. It might be called the seasons of life. And he talks about it really in terms of, he's not woo-woo. Like I said, I think he's a, he was a Christian, although that wasn't a part of his work really. But uh, he, he used the seasons often. He used nature often as a metaphor for teaching people how to make their dreams happen basically, or how to achieve something. And because the wheel of the year that I like to follow is psycho-spiritual, I'm interested in that place where psychology meets 
personal development meets psychology or meets spirituality. Uh, it piques my interest when someone like that, like this older man in a suit talking to a room full of business ex- executives is using nature as a metaphor. It's like, it's, it's who we are. It's human. It's not exclusively witchy, right? So um, he has a quote that I really, really love that popped up on Twitter. <laughs> me and Twitter, you know me and Twitter. And Twitter's always good for some, some a quick little motivational something or quote. Uh, so this quote said, the soil says, don't bring me your need Bring me your seed. Which, when I first heard it, the 14-year-old boy in me had a little giggle about that. (laughs) Bring me your seed. (laughs) Um, The soil, the dirt, the soil says, don't bring me your need. Bring me your seed. And I was like, ooh, that's so good for this time of year. It's such a great... It's just such a perfect metaphor for the manifestation process. Like, it's a process. Sometimes you can perform magic, like if you're in great need, and it miracles happen. And this is true of Christians, too, who are just like power prayers, like my mother. Like, they pray, they pray, they pray, and just something opens up. If you listen to the episode with Nixie Marie... You know, she was talking about needing a place to live, and she was kind of guided to this yurt. That can happen, but with the manifestation process, um, like when you're putting your mind on something, typically you have to move through like steps of the process, and you have to endure and all of that. So you don't go to the soil and say, produce for me a dozen watermelons, I'm hungry. I need watermelons, please. Like you can beat the soil. You can yell at the soil. You can bake the soil. You can pray to it. You can use the right words. Oh, beautiful, holy, humble, fascinating, wondrous soil. Please produce for me and my family a dozen watermelons. We are starving. It doesn't matter what you do. You have to plant the seeds and then you have to water the seeds and the seeds need to be in fertile soil and and the light needs to be just right and the air and you have to be patient and you have to tend to the sprout. It's a whole process and uh, it's the clearest demonstration that the world is indeed magic. Nature is magical, but to reap the benefits of that magic in alignment with your own personal agenda, when we're using that as a metaphor, you're going to have to meet the universe halfway, right? And, And just like I was saying, that means finding some seeds to begin with, like identifying what kind of outcome, what fruit, what herb, what vegetable you want to have sitting on your dinner table come summer or fall or even winter, And then you have to plant those seeds and tend to them and keep the pests away and and do all those things I was saying, involve all the elements. And this is the great metaphor of the wheel of the year or even even just mundane gardening. There's 
you know, there's people that just garden <laughs> that, that don't think about the deep metaphors of it. And yet they learn the same thing that those of us who are practicing the wheel of the year learn just by being mindful. When I say gardeners, I'm not talking about the guys who come busting in with their weed whackers <laughs> and spraying everything and hacking it down. I'm talking about tenders of life. They are magicians. There's an, an old woman, very old who lives in my neighborhood. I, I've only seen her a few times on this walk that I like to do. And she's frail. She's She looks ancient, but she's always put together. She's one of those women who's always put together. And her yard is beautiful. I knew her yard before I ever saw her because it always catches my eye because it's just so well kept and there there's beautiful flowers and I've seen her out there. I think I've probably mentioned her before. Uh personally tending to her garden. And she probably would hate to hear me say it, but I always think, oh there she is, the witch. Like she's magical to me that she does that. And I and I like to tell myself that that's like a secret to why she's up and spry and moving at what appears to be a very, very old age. And because she's, there's some love thing going on when I see her doing it. She's very just kind of smiling to herself and tending to her garden. It's it's very beautiful. So uh, I, what am I saying here? I, I guess my point is spring. <laughs> spring has sprung. <laughs> and I love the metaphors and I love nature and I love the wheel of the year. And by practicing gardening, for those of you who are interested in becoming garden garden witches, what an interesting thing to be. What a great what a great way to learn and to teach, I think from that place too. But by practicing gardening even just in a mindful way, you learn what it really means to harness the life force energy intentionally and then to channel it toward a desired outcome. And you also learn like all the limitations and disappointments of that, as well as the mind-blowing beauty and, and possibility. I mean, it's thrilling, is it not? When you start out with a tiny little seed and you end up with a pumpkin, that is freaking cool. <laughs> so a little rant about that, a little rant about that. And uh, I like my magic every which, every which way, every which way. Um, I was at... Uh, Barnes and Noble was, I think this is when I bought Children of Blood and Bone, which I, I should be done with because it's a book that you could read. You could read it in the afternoon if you're like fully committed, but definitely a weekend. I've just been very, very busy, so I'm only able to dip in every now and again. And I have to say the book is excellent, super fast paced, but the comparisons to Harry Potter are a bit of a letdown. Don't go in thinking Harry Potter, like Harry Potter in Africa. It is not. <laughs> it is not. Um, it's it, it may be if you consider that the book starts, if you're a Harry Potter nerd, this will make sense to you. It starts if you were just like right in the middle of the Deathly Hallows. It's like action packed, people dying, um, in very brutal ways, hit the ground running is like the the first part of this book. And as far as I've read into it, it's like action, 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 action. Uh, 
the comparisons, though, are magic for sure, for sure. And it's young people, it's teenagers. And it's awesome. It's awesome. I am not an action scene kind of person. So I was a little like, meh, but I just want to talk about magic and, and grouping people into their magical houses. And like, I'm just, I'm really, 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 really in the Harry Potter cult. Just big time. I don't know. It's something's happened to me in the last couple of years where I like, I'm in that fantasy world and there's so many of us. <laughs> this is not in any way to take away from Children of Blood and Bone, which is amazing. But it, it, as much as it grabbed me, there was a part of me that just is like, well, can we relax now and just enjoy, like, let's just talk about magic for 15 pages. Can we do that? Because <laughs> I just love that. Um, but anyway, I think it was when I was buying that book at Barnes & Noble, the girl ringing us up had on a, a necklace with a snake on it, a green necklace with a snake on it. And I was like, Slytherin. And she said, yeah. I said, me too. And we're like, yay. And that was the, our whole interaction. But I was like, this cult of Harry Potter is far and wide. Like if you had no idea <laughs> what Slytherin was and you heard me like point at her and say that and then her say, you know, like it was like this tiny little interaction, but it was a, a, a bond. We saw each other. You're a nerd like me. Weird must stay, my friend. And you're, it's even more specific when, when you meet a Harry Potter nerd and you're in the same magical house. You're in the same Hogwarts house. That's even deeper, dude. We're both Slytherin. No way. <laughs> no way. And if you've not been living under a rock, you definitely saw the Fantastic Beast trailer the second movie in um, fantastic beasts is coming out this fall and i have to say if you saw the trailer did you ever think that you would be checking out dumbledore's ass <laughs> i did not i did not ever think that i would be checking out dumbledore's ass but i've seen that trailer quite a few times now and every time jude law plays the young dumbledore I am not checking out a 150-year-old wizard's ass. I'm checking out Jude Law's ass in these pants. When he sits on this desk, he has this moment. I am certain the filmmakers did this on purpose. There's no way this is an accident because <laughs> he's wearing, like, these perfectly cut pants and his butt is, like, center on the screen. He sits down on this desk, very cocky, like he's got command of the room. And I'm all just like... Hubba, hubba. <laughs> I have a feeling many of you might have been doing <laughs> might have been doing the same thing. And I have a question for you regarding magical nerdery. Have any of you read the books? This is I'm asking this question hoping for an answer. I'm not just like throwing this out in the universe. I actually want to know. Has anybody actually read Lev Grossman's The Magicians? The books to the magicians. It's taking me a very long time to get through it, but I'm super into it right now. And uh, like I said, I just don't have a lot of time because I've been working a lot with my coaching clients. And when I do have 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 time to work, I'm I'm working on my books, which is very exciting. Um, and if I don't feel like working because I've got spring fever, I'm outside just witching it up in my backyard. So I have. 
I'm slowly creeping along with the magicians. I'm I'm to the very end. I think I have one more episode of season two. And I tried to watch it on my TV once in the last since I last told you about it. And I remembered why I stopped watching it, why I lost interest in the first season. It's because if you watch it on TV, on the sci-fi network, it sucks. There's 10 million commercials and they cut. This is distracting. They cut out all the swearing. There's a lot of swearing. And but it's weird the way they cut it out. So you hear like, fuh. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, you know the word they're saying, but it's like, but they swear enough to where it's like very distracting because it's it's cut, 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 cut. And there's just too many damn commercials. And I was like, that's why I got frustrated with it because I'm loving it on Netflix because you can watch an episode whenever you feel like it and there's no commercials. Hallelujah, there's no commercials. And they say all the bad words. And it's so (laughs) campy and over the top. I can't even believe they get away with it sometimes. I'm just like, wow. It's This is why I wanted to know if you've actually read the books. Because I don't know if they're taking liberties for the TV show or what. But I'm very curious about this now. I remember when The Magicians came out, I thought, oh, this is a Harry Potter fan writing. I thought it was for younger people people even than like the Harry Potter fans. And so it was very surprising when the magicians came out and it's like sex, drugs, and rock and roll. It's all very dark and violent and tons and tons of sexual innuendo and, and really people doing drugs and, uh, and then just way campy, like so crazy people like busting into song and, and just, it's fun. It's really fun. (laughs) Uh, but I was like, are they taking liberties with the book or does the book really have all of this like sex, drug and drugs and rock and roll and, and swearing and like, is that part of the book too? Cause I don't know. I, I remember when it first came out, I just I'm like, I'm not going to read that. I think that's for kids and, and it looks like a Harry Potter knockoff and it's not, it's really not. It's its own funny, weird, interesting world. It's made me cry I, before I <laughs> I won't tell you why if you've never seen it, because I don't want to give any spoilers. <laughs> um, but it also has, it's very, it can be very, very silly. I really want to emphasize this so you know what you're getting yourself in for. If you're like, I want to see this magician's thing. The first two seasons are on Netflix if you haven't <laughs> seen it. Um, but there's this whole storyline right now about losing your shade. And your shade is like your inner child. And you can lose it. And then it goes to like kind of purgatory, not not hell really, but like this in-between place. And um, it was making me think so much about the uh, the Shadow Love program that I just released. There's a section where I talk about self-parenting and your inner child and um, how that's actually part of shadow work. And so it was really fascinating to me that they, that they, that part of you was called the shade, which hello, doesn't that sound so much like the shadow, the shade and uh, they lost their shade, right? So you have to try to retrieve your shade. And that's such a thing that you do in shadow work. And if you neglect your inner eight year old, for example, that it could, wreak havoc on your life and like burst out at strange times. Like if, uh, if you experienced a certain trauma, maybe like when you were two years old, 
uh, right around the time where temper tantrums are your way of handling things, you could experience a kind of arrested development emotionally around like one particular issue when you were two years old. So today, as a grown adult, if somebody pushes that button and triggers you that way, it could create a temper tantrum. And then, of course, that's very embarrassing when you're a grown person having a complete meltdown. Like once it's over, you know, you have shame and the shame puts you deeper into the shadow. So, of course, I had to read into all of this, the storyline and the magicians, this like campy show. And I'm like, oh, it can be very insightful. It was the show that first got me saying all magic is sex magic. Because in the in the first season, when I was first trying to watch it the first time around, there's there's a scene where they have to do some sex magic to save their friend. And somebody says that, like, all magic is sex magic. And I ended up talking about it on the podcast here because I'm like, it so is in the same way that the wheel of the year is. Like, it's all all these nature metaphors. Like, sex is natural, just to let you know. In case you didn't know that, it's a natural thing to do. It's part of the creation process, just like we're talking about planting seeds. That's why I said the 14-year-old boy in me giggled <laughs> um, about that Jim Rohn line. What is it now? I can't even... Hold on. I have my little PDF here, so I remember things I want to say. Bring me your seed. (laughs) That's why it made me giggle. Because, hello, if I was a writer on The Magicians, like, I might turn that into something, right? And and then there's the other, they have, like, these kind of wise moments that I think are really interesting, too. There's this moment when this, there's a guy that is a demigod. He's a demigod. He's a son of a god. And he doesn't know that he is a demigod, but he has had, he's just led this super duper lucky, mysteriously lucky life and rose to power as a senator, a U.S. senator. And um, the magicians are trying to convince him that he's a demigod and he doesn't believe them. And, and because it's just, com- he doesn't realize he has magic, he doesn't realize that he's a demigod. This is not something that's ever been consciously introduced to him. He just thought he was like super duper lucky and things just always went his way. And um, they spend quite a bit of time trying to convince him of this. Like, have you ever lost an election? No. Have you ever not been able to put a bill through that you wanted? No. Like, why do you think that is? And he's just like, "Um, I'm super lucky. I don't know. Well, he has this moment where he he finally like sees it happening with i think a politician a, or some guy politically trying to talk to him he realizes his power to influence this guy like he sees the guy like he has like a i think he ends up having a heart attack but he has like a physical reaction to talk just talking to him and him trying to convince him to come over his way and then his wife comes in And she at first wants to disagree with him, but all of a sudden you see like click, her eyes click over in this sort of Stepford wife kind of way. And she's like, yes, honey. And she's agreeing with him. And all of a sudden he sees it and he sees, oh my God, I have magic. And these people are just all agreeing with me because I'm a demigod, which sounds funny to say, but that's really what happens. But what was beautiful about it and kudos to the actor that plays this guy is the loneliness of that moment. 
you see his loneliness and realizing like maybe even none his wife, maybe none of his relationships were real. People were just responding to this power that he had and he wasn't making real connections and people didn't really love him. They were just under the spell of his demigodness. And it reminded me of this moment. Um, is this a tangent we need to go on? Let's, let's, let's. I was at a Halloween party in Hollywood years ago. Hollywood Halloween party, so much butt cheek and cleavage. I have to say that right off the bat. But I was at this um, Hollywood Halloween party, celebrities, models, just lots and lots and lots, too, of just sexy girls walking around in as little clothing as possible. It's like a contest to see how much butt cheek and cleavage you can show without giving it literally all away. (laughs) And I was just there dressed as a witch, of course, like fully covered up with like my face painted green and a witch hat on. (laughs) And, uh, I And then I was there, my little group, I was just there with men and me, dressed as a witch. And I don't, you you probably, you might have never seen a person like this in real life. I lived in New York briefly and have lived in LA primarily all of my adult life. So I've seen a few of them. But even in towns like LA and New York, they're few and far between. Like an actual freak of nature kind of model. They look like aliens. They don't even look human. They're so angelically beautiful and strangely long and skinny and tall. <laughs> it's it's utterly shocking when you see one of these. Like there are the modeling industry. I'm talking about models. Beautiful, crazy, insane It's not about even beauty. They're just like freaks of nature where you're just like stunned in their presence. There's a lot, a lot of girls here trying to be models and they're very, very pretty and they're very, very sexy and they work. Like you'll see them in commercials. You'll see them in catalogs. Now that every celebrity's kid thinks they have to be a model too, it's really taken that element out of a lot of the, even the fashion world where just very pretty, sexy girls are models. Whereas more like during the time of the supermodel, there are more of these alien freaks that I'm talking about. And I've really like I've been to I used to live in a model apartment. I've been around a lot of models. okay. and within that kingdom, the model kingdom, there still is very, very few of these just bizarre freaks of nature like these are the stories you hear of like model scouts are in like this little mall in this tiny town in Idaho and and then they end up tracking down this 12 year old girl and giving her family the business card and begging her to come to New York City it's like that kind of stunning freakish beauty so I there was a girl like that at this party and she was not a butt cheek cleavage girl she was fully dressed but there was nothing she could do short of putting a bag over her head to not make you just be like, oh, when you see her. Because <laughs> it's just, her eyes are just, un, un I want to say unnaturally, but it's natural. But it, they're just freakishly far apart and large and wide. And her features are just extremely symmetrical and, and beautiful. And then she's very skinny and tall and long in this kind of shocking way. And she was so miserable. Like people were looking at her, but she was alone. She wasn't, you know, wasn't really talking to anybody. And uh, 
I certainly do not bill myself this way, but I had written a couple little books of poetry at that time, like illustrated poetry. If you've seen my book, Will Work for Food, a coloring book for grownups, it's I used to say I was tricking people into reading my poetry by showing them boobs because <laughs> I would draw these illustrations and like, I don't know, I used to like to draw all the different weird shapes and sizes of boobs and stuff. <laughs> don't know what that's about. Paging Dr. Freud. Um, but it was just a joke. I just like to pair illustrations with poetry. And somebody had told this girl that that I was a poet. And so she singled me out and came over to talk to me. And very like in this conspiratorial kind of way. And she seemed so lonely. And all she wanted to talk about was that she writes poems. She writes poems. And, and modeling is so dumb. And all she really wants to do is write poems. And she just reeked of loneliness. And when I was watching Magicians and I saw the senator have that moment where he realized like people were just doing things for him because they were enchanted by his power. It really immediately made me think about this model and think it, think about like, especially in Hollywood, this town of there's a lot of predators here. Right. And, but also just a normal person. You, you can't not look, it's like an alien just fell out of outer space and landed right next to you it's beyond just being pretty (laughs) or beyond even being beautiful it's just very unusual and strange and interesting so you have to look and I just thought wow how strange to be a human person like all of us but in that container and the strange ways that must make people respond to you and here she was she just wanted like a little human connection. And she just thought I had it going on because I was a poet, which again, I do not call myself that. Just somebody had told her that about me. And, and I guess that's a dream she has, but she wants to be acknowledged for what was inside. So, uh, yeah, that was an interesting little tangent, but that's really what I thought of when when I saw that moment. So I'm passing it on to you. Make of it what you will. (laughs) Make of it what you will. Uh, And then the big news, the big news this weekend is not big news at all. It's so frustrating to me that it's news. It's that uh, Cambridge Analytica is finally in trouble. Facebook has suspended their account, and I think they're part of the Mueller investigation looking into the 2016 presidential election. I don't want to make anybody nervous here. I'm not calling out any sides. I'm just talking about Cambridge Analytica. So if if we don't share political... Uh, opinions, that's totally fine. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be shaming anybody about who they voted for (laughs) if you're an American. Uh, But this is very interesting to me. Um, They finally got booted off Facebook like 15 or 16 months after the fact because somebody, a whistleblower, We've known about this. And when I say we, I mean like half of the country has known about this and been complaining about this for a year and a half that uh, Cambridge Analytica is a data analytics company that is really pushing the limits far and I think breaking the law, which is why they're in trouble of what is legal, pushing the limits on what is legal and then pushing even beyond that. And because we still, the internet is still the wild west 
we don't have a lot of laws in place. And so people can really like push, push it. What's ethical? What's moral? Like we're going to be getting laws in place as people push the limits when we realize like, Ooh, that's not good. But, um, they, what do they do? They harvest personal information. They, they steal your personal information and use it against you basically on Facebook. And, um, so they bu- they're in trouble for abusing the data of 270,000 people, and they harvested 50 million U.S. Facebook accounts without authoriz- authorization, uh, and they manipulated that for electoral purposes. And it was lots and lots of lies that that were that were passed around on the internet. So one person can tell a lie, right, and create a meme of it, and they're the liar. But what happens when 250,000 people get that meme, believe it and pass it around? Are they liars? No. They they just think they found this piece of news and they want to tell everybody about it and so it spreads like wildfire fire, right? But also like they're the kind of people that want to believe the worst. They're eager for dirt, right? And so what's happening is our inner demons are being weaponized against us. And, I, and I'm using that very specifically because that actually came out in the news today, our inner demons. Our inner demons are being weaponized against us uh, so, because social media has been weaponized. Social media is shaping our culture in a very dark, shadowy way. So all this stuff about Cambridge Analytica, like what does it mean to you, right, beyond who's going to be the president of the United States? It means they can use this information to manipulate you in myriad ways, and they do, much beyond Cambridge Analytica. This is why I sometimes go on rants about Magic and propaganda and marketing and knowing how they're all related. It's why I often recommend people read Edward Bernays' book, Propaganda, because he was the father of it, just to understand how easy we are to manipulate, how easy it is, and now how this is being done on an epic scale on social media, primarily to sell you things and to sell you your president and the government and the, and the, and how that's going to shape the culture that you live in. So it's know thyself is maybe more important than ever. It's always been important, but it's so important right now to know yourself and to really be centered in, in your soul and to be able to spot a lie, to tell the difference between a lie and the truth. And if something doesn't feel right or if something feels too good to be true, to do a bit of research, stuff like that. But um, did I – let me see if I – I thought I cut and pasted something. I did. I did. I did because I wanted to tell you why I mentioned inner demons. Okay, so this is a piece, a little a couple of sentences I cut and pasted from The Guardian. This was in The New York Times, The Washington Post, and The Guardian today. But um, let me give you the newsy professional version of what happened, just a little snapshot. 
Cambridge Analytica, a company owned by the hedge fund billionaire Robert Mercer and headed at the time by Trump's key advisor, Steve Bannon, used personal information taken without authorization in early 2014 to build a system that could profile individual U.S. voters in order to target them with personalized political advertisements. Christopher Wiley, who worked with an academic at Cambridge University to obtain the data, told The Observer, We exploited face... Listen to this. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy! (laughs) We exploited Facebook to harvest millions of people's profiles and built models to exploit what we knew about them and target their inner demons that was in the news we built models to exploit what we knew about them and target their inner demons that was the basis that the entire company was built on it was built on your fear can you freaking believe it i can but it's just outrageous and if you could see me right now i'm like pointing in the air like why god why (laughs) We are delicate creatures. Our fear, our fear, the shadow is comprised of fear. Anything that triggers your shadow is triggering your fear. If people do that on purpose, that's like sociopathic. That's like, you know, there are individuals that have real mental disorders. There are people that genuinely have narcissism, for example, that that learn how to exploit and manipulate people's fear on an individual basis. Now we have companies funded by billionaires that are doing this on purpose on a mass scale. If that is not dark magic, I don't know what is. So I think that the best that we can do is... Our shadow, do your shadow work, <laughs> know what's in there, know what your trigger points are, or know when you feel triggered, and tr- really learn to love yourself. It sounds so corny, but this whole idea of like, be the change, right? Be the change. That's the best we can do right now. Activism too is really important, but it's going to start in your own heart and learning how to protect yourself and You know, people get really into psychic shielding and things like that. It's like, well, maybe you want to do that before you hop online, before you hop on Facebook, which I hate, by the way. I'm not a Facebook person. I'm a Twitter girl. (laughs) I'm a Twitter girl. It's funny how much Twitter makes its way onto the show here these days, too. Um, Yeah, (laughs) I was talking about, I don't, did you make it to the end of my last Saturn's Day Evening Post here. I talked about a possum that has made its way into my house. I first found this possum in the kitchen. And um, I was talking about, like, how do I gently get this guy out of here? And 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 a very lovely one of you was emailing me about that and uh, some suggestions. And then went over to Twitter and sent me, oh, shared a link to a lady called, I think she's called the Opossum Lady. <laughs> Oh my God, she's so funny. She's so funny. Go to YouTube and put in 
maybe the possum lady, but I feel like it's opossum lady. Opossum lady. Holy smokes. This is so funny. She's a, she's an older woman, not like ancient, but like an older woman. And she's got like the little curly hair that I don't know how to describe her on a podcast, but she's got the older lady curly hair and, but she's actually really, really attractive. And, um, and she does this, I think she must, she just has possums. Like that's her thing. She raises possums for some reason, but she makes these really weird, campy, funny videos with her possums. And the, and the possum video that was shared with me on Twitter was her, how to massage your, how to massage your possum, how to help your possum relax during these stressful times or something. And it's this whole video with this lady. It's definitely meant to be funny, but she's being serious and like giving her possum like this whole massage. (laughs) It's so funny. And then I realized, oh my God, this is a series. She makes other she makes other videos always featuring possums. There's one where she's like drumming on her possum and doing like energetic healing work with her possum. It just cracked me up. <laughs> and then kind of, I guess uh, this would have been a more proper segue from talking about like what is happening to us politically and on Facebook and with Cambridge Analytica is there's an author named Jason Garner on Twitter And I cut and pasted this days ago and put it into my little PDF. And I've explained this to you, I think, on Patreon, but here too. Like what I do for these Saturn's Day evening posts is just all week long, I grab, uh, like if there's a quote I like, I just grab it and put it in this PDF. Or if if I want to talk about like possums, I'll just write possum or like, Remember, remember the shade and the magicians, like little sent, just little sentence or uh, words. So if if I I never run out of things to say, that's the funny thing. But it's always like my safety net in case I run out of things to say. I can be like, oh yeah, that thing happened with that Slytherin girl at Barnes and Noble. I can talk about that. <laughs> um, but anyway, there's a quote that I cut and pasted here into my little file. That I think is really important right now when we're so divided up. We're so divided up, not just politically, but on so many different issues. Uh, And it's this. It's not even a quote. I think this is just what he himself wrote, this author, Jason Garner. One of the biggest gifts we can give each other is to remember that we're all trying to figure life out. This means we will stumble as we learn. We won't get it quite right most times, and we need room to make mistakes and still be included in the circle of love. That's compassion. And I think that's so important right now when we're in this call-out culture that we are in and so many accusations flying and stuff, and people get really carried away and they start like calling each other out for very tiny, minor like insults that may or may not have even happened and and you're canceled because you said this thing I don't like. And it's like, I feel like we need room to make mistakes because we do. There's just no avoiding it. We are human. We're human. We're human. And and uh, so I just liked that. I just wrote that down because I was like, yes, we need a good reminder about that. We need a reminder. And then I also have to shout out. To Mr. Miller on your commute to work, Mr. Miller. Hello. 
there's a lot of you that listen to the podcast during long commutes. So I hail, I shout out to you, those of you working the nine to five or teachers. There's quite a lot of teachers here. That's why I'm calling calling him Mr. Miller because he is a teacher and and he left a comment on my I video, I posted a new video up. If you don't follow me on YouTube, there's a new video up on three signs, your shadow needs some love. And he wrote that he listens to me on his commute and that made me happy. So I'm like, I'm going to give him a shout out. <laughs> and uh, I think we should wrap this thing up because I have now passed six o'clock and I, I try to aim to get this up at six-ish. Six-ish. It's Saturn's Day Evening Post. It's supposed to be fun. This is not like... A, uh, I don't ever want to feel like I have to do this podcast. Oh no, and it has to go up at this time. I, I want to feel free. That's like an important thing to me, especially on the weekend, on Saturn's Day, right? Um, and oh, I, I got to go, I got to meet one of you today, Anna from Canada, from originally from India, lives in Canada, visited LA. I love it when I get to meet you guys because I live in Los Angeles. People often write to me like, hey, I'm coming through town. And sometimes I, I will meet up for like a cup of tea or something. But we went to Cafe Gratitude and she bought my son and I gluten-free pancakes. And uh, we just talked and talked and talked and talked and talked and talked. And it was, it was awesome. I love that. That's a huge privilege of living in a place like Los Angeles because a lot of people visit here, but also a lot of people stop here on their way to other places. So that was super cool. That was awesome. And we're supposed to get thunderstorms, possibly tonight. And the kid and I are watching, speaking of Harry Potter, we're going to watch Harry Potter number five, the movie. So uh, those, those were my plans. So I need to speed it up and get this thing out. But I have to tell you about the giveaway that I'm very excited about. Uh, that I think you all are going to love. So if you were led here, speaking of Facebook <laughs> that I just talked shit about, if you were led here through Facebook or Twitter or my blog, you saw the picture that goes with this episode and you saw what I was holding, right? I'm giving one of those away. I'm not actually moon felt malas is so if you haven't seen the picture go find the picture and look at what i'm wearing and holding it is so cool so mala beads are a regular part of my spiritual practice i have a black obsidian a very expensive pair of set what do you call it? a set of mala beads a pair doesn't make sense it's a set because there's 108 beads in a mala right traditionally and I love mine. And it's so Saturnian because it's dark red, like burgundy thread that, that is holding together these 108 mostly obsidian beads. Like there's, I'm looking at it right now because it's sitting right next to me. There's, I don't know, every 15 or so, I don't know how they counted it. There's a red jasper, dark red jasper. And so it has a very Saturnian feel, which is cool because I got it long, 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 long before I worked with Saturn as an archetype and a guide, which I'm still loving, by the way. Um, but I love mala beads because if you have a hard time meditating, they're so awesome because they basically, this is a Saturn thing too, I think. Like Saturn, you might have heard me talk about working with my timer and working with Saturn, father time. Like when I, I'll set a timer, for example, to do a bit of work. 
that I feel resistant to. And I'll be like, okay, I only have to sit there for 20 minutes and I can get up when the timer dings. And something about that sets my mind free because it's like, I can do anything for 20 minutes, you know? So it, it takes my mind off of the passage of time. Mala beads are kind of like that for meditating. So if you feel resistant to meditating or if you have a very super active monkey mind that always has to be thinking thoughts, mala beads are awesome too. What you do is you hold them in your hand And it's like this tactile experience, and you usually have a mantra, like it could just be as simple as OM, right? OM, you've heard people do that, or it could be OM Vakratundaya HUM, which I have done, OM Vakratundaya HUM, or NAM YOHO RENGEKYO, it could be something like that, but you repeat it over and over and over and over and over again, 108 times, and you hold the beads, you close your eyes, you hold the beads, you say the mantra, om, then you go to the next bead, om, then you go to the next bead, om. And you don't have to pay attention to the time. You don't have to, 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 it really cuts down on the resistance because you're not worried about how long do I have to sit here? When is the timer going to go off? (laughs) Um, It does the counting for you, right? But you're doing it in this like physical way, like bead by bead by bead. It brings you down into your body. If you're a bit of a head case like me, bead by bead by bead. And the mantra is very repetitive. So it's just om, om, om. And it shuts your mind off. It gives your mind, the monkey mind, just enough to do to feel entertained. It's like you go sit in the corner over there and count beads. And then it frees up that space in your mind for some peace, some peace, Perhaps some spiritual guidance, reset your your crazy monkey mind, stuff like that. All the benefits of meditation you get by doing that. Well, having said all that, uh, this woman, Allison, reached out to me after she heard me promoting the studio headphones, which I'm still loving and wearing on my hood right now, and was like, oh, I would love to give away with your people with these amazing mala beads. I've never seen anything like this. They're big. They're like big, like kindergartner size beads. Like, you know, do you remember when you were kindergartner at preschool and you would get like a shoestring and you would get those wooden beads? They're like that big and they're made of um, felt, moon felt mala. And uh, what is that called? Brushed wool? Brushed wool? I wrote down part of her. I hope I can describe that better because I did grab a piece of her yeah it's right here I grabbed a little piece natural fibers they're felt beads okay they're just felt beads (laughs) they're so fun in the pictures on her website they just look like something cool that you could wear like to a hippie music festival and look really cool but also you can use them right and I was like you know what if you send me a pair and I can touch them myself and make sure they don't fall apart in my hands like I would love to do a giveaway like my first impulse was just yes because they're so cool and I've never seen anything like that I think they'd be amazing for somebody who has sensory issues perhaps because They've got a they've got a hoog thing a hooga thing going on like feeling them and touching them and they're bigger and you could totally meditate with them they're functional it's not just like a gimmick and um, 
So if you have like a daughter or a mother or a best friend or a brother or a lover who is way into meditation and has a whimsical spirit, like these I think would make the most amazing birthday or Christmas present because it's just something I'm not seeing out there. Maybe I'm Maybe I'm just not tapped into that market and it's a thing and you all are like, yeah, duh, we've seen them. I had never seen them before. So I think it's just like a really fun, it would make an amazing present for someone like that. But then also they're totally practical. If you, if you use mala beads to meditate or if you want to learn how to meditate and you've never been able to do it before, mala can really help. So for all of us, for anybody who wants some, uh, I hope she got the... Uh, it must be up. I hope she got the discount up on her site. But if not, I'll, sh- I'll shoot her an email right after this so she can put it up if she hasn't already. But we get a discount. for We get uh, – let me make sure I'm saying this right because I don't want to – I think she's letting us have $10 off. Sorry, I have to pull up my email while I'm talking to you. I think when we put in Hippie Witch 10 – oh, I can't, I can't talk funny enough – I can't talk and type at the same time. Can you? (laughs) Definitely not. Let me see. I think we're getting $10 off. (laughs) Yeah, $10 off when you put Hippie Witch 10 in at checkout. So $10 off. So anybody can get that. But if you want to enter the giveaway to win a pair of these, you have to live in the United States because she's going to ship them to you. And that was my suggestion because I didn't want to end up shipping is crazy. No offense to people who don't live in the continental USA. But if you live outside the continental USA, I'm sorry. But just for Allison's sake, I didn't want to to end up sticking her with a huge shipping bill because I've tried to send things like to my mom, who's a missionary. Like right now she's in Greece. Uh, but like I've tried to send her birthday or Christmas presents when she's in other parts of the world. And I'm always like, holy, what? This is more expensive than the present. So I didn't want to do that to her. So I apologize if you live outside the continental U.S. But if you live in the continental U.S. and you want to do the giveaway, share this episode on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, whatever your social media is. And then come back and in the comments section on Twitter or Facebook, if you're not on Twitter or Facebook, you can email me. I'll still include you as long as you, you know, show me that you were on Instagram, like posting (laughs) about this episode uh, with the picture. The point is we're trying to spread the word about Allison's awesome company, Moon Felt Malas. So use the picture, spread it around and uh, and then let me know. Just be like, hey, I want those malas, and I will definitely, definitely add you to to win these. And the crazy thing is that's so cool. Remember when I was talking about the studio headphones and the packaging and how excited I was about the packaging? Her company's like this. She sent me these lightning fast, so fast, which always impresses me. And let me grab the box so I can tell you. I have the box. And it's so beautifully done. It just makes it feel luxurious and expensive, like a whole fancy moment when you're opening the box. And what does it say? Tactile, oversized prayer beads to accompany your terrestrial journey. And then there's like this Moonfelt Mala's, my son wants this bad, and I'm going to let him have it. It's like a giant uh, postcard with a moon on it, a full moon. And happy new moon, by the way, if you guys are listening to this. 
uh, on time. And then the malas come in their own little bag. It's like a muslin drawstring bag that has her logo on it, Moonfelt Malas. It's just so well done. And that really impresses me. So I think it's beautiful. And I, I'm going to read to you in her words what's on her about page so you can see. But I hope you'll go over. Just click on the link if you're you're going to shoot over to uh, here on Blog Talk Radio or my blog. There will be a link that you can follow to get to Moonfelt Malas online. And then look at all the different colors and all the different names of the mala if you win you can pick any one that you want and i think that's really fun that's why she's going to send them to you so this is what she says on her website moon felt malas are oversized felted that's what i was trying to remember felted wool so have you ever seen like felted wool dolls and stuff it's like that moon felt malas are oversized felted wool prayer beads made especially for an immersive meditation meditation experience. The addictive textural qualities make them the ideal companion for mantra work. These malas evoke the orbital... This is so cool, witchy people! These malas evoke the orbital energy of planetary moons. Each one is named after a moon that exists in our solar system. A mala is... A devotional object to keep close in your daily practice, just as a moon is a constant companion to its planet. Each moon felt mala is made with a positive is made with positive energy and good intentions, hand strung in the United States. They are made completely of natural fibers, fair trade felt beads, cotton string, and cotton tassels. Packaging is plastic-free, and each mala comes with an organic cotton bag for storage. I mean, hello, hippie, witchy, all the right things, environmentally friendly, blah, blah, blah. Yay! Isn't the moon thing so thoughtful and cool? My son is in love with these. I knew that was going to be a problem because he's obsessed with anything sphere shaped he's obsessed with the moon especially but and balls balls in the moon and these look like balls so he's like ah when i got them i let him touch them for a little bit because but because they're felt um there there's care instructions on the website you can read about how to take care of them on the website but i i was trying to keep them all nice so i could take a picture for you guys and uh the ones in my picture i got i got the phoebe I got the freebie. They're like, um, let's see, what are the different colors on mine? It's almost entirely navy blue, but then there's like a rainbow situation going on down by the tassel that is purple. So mine is the Phoebe. There are other, she's like, pick one. And I was like, I can't. So I ended up sending her like three or four, like one of those would be fine because there's just, they're so freaking cute. These, I'm definitely going to have to get some of these for somebody for their birthday. I just keep thinking what a fun birthday present this would make because I don't know. You just don't see something new come out like this very often that's so adorable but also practical. So I'm way into it. Moon felt malas. And I'll give it, let's give it, let's give it at least a week and a half because people listen to these shows like not the day they come out. So let's give everybody a chance. If you want to enter the contest, share this post on social media and then let me know you did it. I would prefer if you could just 
give me a shout like on Facebook or Twitter, like under the post, because uh, I get a lot of emails. But if, if you need to email me, that's fine. And I'm happy to enter you into the contest as well. So may these malas find their way to the to the most awesome match. <laughs> Somebody who really will actually use these and love them. And uh, that's it for today, guys. Let me get this sucker put together and up on the internet as soon as possible. Happy weekend. Happy happy new moon. Happy spring equinox. And to those of you in the southern hemisphere, happy fall equinox. Much love. Peace.